Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stephen James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Tatiana and in today's video, we're going to be sharing with you how to invest as a beginner, what you need to know. I've been investing over the last couple of years now and I'm self-taught. I've learned how to invest uh, by reading books and taking trainings and just kind of using different resources to guide me, but I would not say that I'm in the position to be giving you advice on investing. And so that's why I have brought on my fiance, Stefan here, um, who has been investing for quite a long time now. And he even has a video on his channel, on his YouTube channel, on how to invest for beginners. And that's gotten millions of views. So I'm sure that what he has to share with you today will be extremely valuable. So Stefan, thank you for being on. Thanks for having me. So my first question for you is, at what point should our viewers start to consider seriously investing? Great question. I think the first thing I want to mention is that, you know, even like you, I'm not an expert investor. I'm not a financial advisor. Um, I'm just sharing with you my experiences that I've been doing now over many years now. Um, but there's still a lot that I don't know and understand. I'd even consider myself more intermediate. There's many levels to yeah. investing, just like with anything. There's still things I'm learning a yeah. lot of. And with what I'm sharing with you here, um, it's important for you to understand the risks involved with investing and that you know you make your own decisions, um, not just listen to what I say or Tatiana, but you also do your own due diligence, your own research, and that understand that you're responsible for the decisions that you make when it comes to investing. That's the first Disclaimer that I do Absolutely. have to mention to you guys, because um, you know investing is risky, just yeah. like other things. Even starting a business is risky as well. Um, to answer the question, um, what should someone consider? I think first you got to know what your goals are. What goals do you have with investing, and why do you want to invest? Are you investing for your retirement, where you have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, perhaps, where you can see your investments grow over a period of time, and then maybe when you retire? That's the stage when you want to sell some of your investments or maybe live off some of the income, the passive income perhaps, that some of your investments provides. If that's your goal, then that's going to that's gonna have a different strategy and mindset behind your investing versus if you're investing more for the short term. If you need the money, like if you're in your 50s and you're nearing retirement, you're going to have a very different strategy and the, amount, um, the level of risk and your time frame and horizon you have versus if you're in your 20s. 
So first, kind of knowing where you're at and what your goals are is the first and most important thing. Um, but also knowing what your threshold for risk is. What's your tolerance for risk? Are you more conservative with your money where your main goal is to not lose your money, to preserve your cash, your capital, and just maybe have it grow over the long term? Or are you someone that, that um, is you know, younger and willing to take more risk and wants to be a bit more aggressive and has more time on their side? Knowing that is also very important will determine whether, what kind of investment vehicle you might pursue, whether that's real estate or stocks or bonds, whatever it might be. Um, and even just kind of knowing, like, you know, making sure you have money put aside and that you're not investing your life savings. Yeah. That's not intelligent. You've got to make sure you've got a cash reserve and you're responsible with money already mm-hmm. and that you've got, I recommend always at least three to six months savings put aside of your monthly expenses. And that's something you never touch. You don't invest it. That's cash that you have in the bank in a savings account that you don't touch. That's for a rainy day. That's for an emergency because the worst position that you ever want to be in is that you need the money to pay your rent or to pay your mortgage or for some sort of emergency. And now you have to sell your investments to get that money. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in that position because now you're forced to perhaps sell your investment at a lower point and you get a, you're going to get a loss from that. Mm -hmm. So investing is something that you're ready for. Once you've got good money management habits, you've got money put aside okay, for emergency, and then you have some extra money on top of that that you're now prepared and ready to invest over the long term in your future. And I will clarify, we're both more long-term investors. We're not day traders. Mm-hmm. We're, not to, we're not trying to make any short-term money with investing. We make our money primarily through our businesses, which provide cash flow for us to support ourselves and provide the extra cash flow that we can use to invest over the long term. So for both of us, we invest in a variety of companies and stocks and different investment vehicles that are long-term investments for us. We don't need that money because we got money coming in from our businesses. This is for our retirement. It's for maybe when we want to purchase a home or something over the long term. And with that mindset, um, you know, we, we, we don't get too carried away with the short-term prices of the stock market, but we're holding for the long-term, yeah. which is great. I think that's really important to note because once you become an investor and you start investing, you'll, you'll realize that there, every day in the stock market, um, the price of the stock will change. Yeah. What, some days it's going to be higher, some days it's going to be lower. And if you're looking at a graph and you're looking at every day, it's going to be like this. And so if you're someone who is going to be emotional about your investments and you're checking your investments every single day and when you see a low day, you feel fearful and then you wanna pull that investment out, then that means that you don't have a high risk tolerance. And I would caution you about that because with a long-term investment strategy, you have to be okay with doing your due diligence and deciding on what you want to invest in and making that educated decision. But once you've invested in it, you're staying in and you stay in long-term, not unless something you know crazy happens, but the goal is to stay in long-term because that's how it's gonna pay off. And if you're someone who's checking every single day on that stock, surely you're gonna see those ups and downs and you're gonna feel like you should pull out when that's the opposite of what you wanna do. So for us, our, our investment strategy is long-term. We are not day traders, so we're not online every single day buying and selling stocks. 
In my opinion, that's just a very risky way to go about it. People are successful with that and they make money, but a lot of that is timing the market. And I believe that anyone who's gonna try and sell you on their ability um, and their talent to time the market is just full of BS and I would caution you to, to follow those people. Nobody knows how the stock market is going to perform. The stock market yeah. is determined by um, consumers and, and by the markets and what's happening in day-to-day -day life, and we can't predict that. So I think um, it's important, like what you said, is mm -hmm. to determine on, on what your strategy is yeah. and what we're, we are both long-term investors, and that just, for me, feels a lot more secure and um, less risky. Yeah, and you know, we just don't have the time to do day trading. I mean, let's face it, our, we're busy. I'm sure you are as well um, with your job or your business. For us, you know, the business is where we'll always be able to make the most money from because that's something we have more control over and that's something that, you know, we both know we put this time into your e-commerce business or whatever it might be, your YouTube channel, that you're always going to get better returns from that. But, um, but that takes up most of our time. That's our main sources of income. And then investing is something we do on the side. And the reason why this is also important is that if you're an e-commerce entrepreneur, you're building your business, you don't want to have all your money in your business. Mm -hmm. That's a big mistake that a lot of people have. Yes, you want to reinvest back in your business. And I believe that that's, that's always going to give you the greatest return is in your business and also in yourself, right? Investing yeah. in you and, you, you know, your, your greatest yeah, your knowledge, your mindset, your, you know, growing and courses and things like that. Uh, but you don't want to have everything in that. So at a certain point, you want to start taking money aside. Maybe it's from your job or from your business and pay yourself some of that so that that's money you put aside mm -hmm. and that's for another stream of income that you're going to create, which is your investing income. And we can talk about different investment vehicles and whatnot that you can pursue. But the benefit of the long term you know, for us, um, we don't get worried when the market drops. Mm -hmm. You know, right now at a time like this, the markets are down from the all-time highs that we had a few months ago. When you're a long-term investor, that doesn't bother you, okay? Because here's the thing. You only lose money when you sell, mm -hmm. okay? Back in 2008, when people, you know, the market crashed or, you know, every 10 years or so, there is a recession. The market crashes every year. There's something called a correction. A correction is when the market drops up to, uh, sorry, 10, 10%, up to 20% is a correction. That happens about every year. So you can predict it. You don't need to freak out when it does happen, but when you know that that's gonna happen and you're a long-term investor, you don't worry about that, okay? Because as long as you don't sell, you don't lose. So if you hold your investments and they're great companies, and we'll talk about that, yeah. big, blue chip, large cap companies, the biggest companies in the world, when the market goes down, it's actually an opportunity for you to buy more at a cheaper price, yes, yes. right? Because if you're holding it long-term, then it's gonna recover, as it always does, and it'll go up over the long-term. And when you're, when you're thinking long-term, you're not as caught up in the road bumps and this, you know, the short-term headlines and news and things that happen along the way. I, I love that, and I think that's really important. I wanna emphasize what you just said. I think it's important to, to really look at it when you're investing in a stock, you're investing in a company. And so for example, if I say that you know, I invest in Amazon, if the Amazon stock goes down because there is a correction or a crash, um, does that mean that the Amazon company is uh, worth significantly less? Uh, the stock is worth less, but the company is still valuable. People are still using Amazon. People are still shopping. Amazon is 
you know, one of the, the top five companies, trillion dollar company. Um, and so you have to always kind of remind yourself that just because the stock is down does not mean the intrinsic value of that company is down. And so for us, when we have that long-term view, we know that when there is a recession or when uh, the markets are down, we love that because then we can buy these amazing companies that we know are gonna be around for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And we know that they're just gonna continue to grow and we can buy them at a discounted price. You know? And the sooner that you can get in on investing in these amazing companies, the better because with each day, they tend to um, appreciate in value. So maybe you can share um, about you know what are the different types of investments like real estate and stocks mm -hmm. and all of those types of things. Yeah, so there's many different investment vehicles. Um, there's real estate. Everybody knows about that. I love real estate. We both do. I own real estate. You can't ever go wrong investing in real estate. I think real estate is amazing. Um, real estate has a place in a portfolio, but you've got to know the pros and cons of real estate. I love real estate because land is always going to have value, will always appreciate over the long term. Um, with real estate though, um, you're going to have more of your money typically tied up in one property or maybe a few properties and it's a lot harder to liquidate that. And so if you need the money from real estate, you can't just sell it just like that. Case in point, at a time like this, if you've got a, a property that you want to sell, you need the money from it, you can't just put it on the market and tomorrow it's going to sell. It usually is a couple months process to sell property. It's not a liquid investment. It's not a liquid, yeah. It's more of it, yeah. It's, it's harder to liquidate that investment and sell it and get out of it. Um, and that's why real estate is better over the long run. Um, on the other hand, stocks, which basically is just owning a share of a company, a publicly traded company. Any company that's um, listed in the stock exchanges, and there's stock exchanges in some of the biggest countries in the world. The United States has their exchanges. Canada has the Toronto Stock Exchange. USA has the New York Stock Exchange. There's, of course, in Europe and Asia and all over the world. You can buy these companies that are public companies. All of their financials, their balance sheets are public mm -hmm. information. So you can, before you invest in these companies, you can see, you can look at Amazon's balance sheet. You can see what their profits are. You can see what their expenses and their revenues are. You can see all that information. You can see their top investors and who actually invests in those companies. You can see if they're cash flow positive. You can see if their revenue is increasing each year. You can see if they're paying out dividends. There's, you can see everything. It's open because it's a public company. Yeah, so all that information is public. And I and you, if we want to, we can actually purchase and own shares of that company. So think of all the biggest companies in the world that are public, ones that you use every day. You can, you can be a shareholder of those companies. And what I love about investing is I don't need to be a genius. Okay? I don't need to be Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. I don't need to be Elon Musk from Tesla. I don't need to be Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, these are incredibly driven, intelligent, um, amazing human beings at what they do as entrepreneurs that have built huge companies. And if you want to pursue that, you absolutely can with your own e-commerce business if you'd like. But what I love is I don't have to be that. I can invest in them. I can invest in a Jeff Bezos and an Elon Musk and a Mark Zuckerberg and all of these incredible entrepreneurs. And what I love about investing in stocks is I can diversify a lot easier than I can for real estate. Most often in real estate, you just might buy a property or a few properties in your local city. Um, and that, that can be great, but it's harder to diversify. You need to have more money, borrow more money if you want to get a mortgage to own many different properties. It's all 
kind of um, within a certain city. Stocks, on the other hand, I can own a variety of companies across many different sectors. Okay, so I can own technology companies. I can own consumer staples and consumer good companies. I can own real t- retail companies. I can own financial companies like mm-hmm. banks. I can own real estate even on the stock market. There's companies that hold real estate. They're known as a REIT, a real estate investment trust. So I can buy a company that owns commercial real estate and buy shares of that company and benefit as the real estate market goes up. Without needing to actually purchase commercial real estate yourself and be involved in the management and the the tenants and all of that stuff. Exactly. I can own residential real estate. I can own senior housing. You know, I can own a variety of different international real estate if I wanted to as well. So mm-hmm. you can diversify a lot more, and that's always one of the most common principles of investing. If you diversify across many different sectors and companies, and you can even invest internationally, then you know, there's going to be times where some, some sectors are doing you know, not as good, others are really growing and strong, like technology right now, and then there's going to be times. But overall, when you look at your overall portfolio, mm-hmm. when you're diversified, You'll be able, you're managing your risk in a lot, a lot of different ways. Yeah, and I would say that diversification, um, if you guys have read the book Money Master the Game uh, by Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins, he interviews Ray Dalio, one of the greatest investors of all time, and he talks a lot about diversification and the importance of that. And it's the same thing with your e-commerce business. You want to make sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. You build up your store on Amazon, but you eventually also want to sell on Shopify so that you're not dependent on Amazon in case Amazon, something happens to them or they suspend your listing or whatever. Same thing with investing. The more you can diversify yourself, owning companies across different markets, even across different countries, um, the more secure you are in the sense if one market collapses or something happens to a company, a company goes bankrupt, then you're not as, you know, if you had all your money in that company, well, then that's a loss. So diversification is key. And one way you can diversify without having to own so many different stocks is by investing in an index fund. So do you want to talk about index funds? And then yeah, and just, just even just to clarify too, there's, there, I mean, beyond stocks and real estate, there's bonds. Mm-hmm. Bonds are, uh, there's government bonds, corporate bonds, and junk bonds. This is debt. So for example, government bonds are more secure. It's more known as a fixed income investment. It's not as risky as buying individual stocks because a government bond is backed by the government, which is the most secure, more than any company. Um, and then obviously corporate bonds, junk bonds are, kind of like startup companies, not as secure, higher risk, but you can tend to make more money from that. So there's many different investment vehicles. I don't, yeah, there's many different ones. I don't think we need to go into all of them. Um, There's different ones for different purposes, Um, but- We're gonna be focusing on stocks. Exactly, you know, we love stocks and there's a lot of great opportunities right now. We've been buying a lot in the last month and this month as well, because the markets have been down. Um, But in terms of index funds, Yeah, index funds and the power of index funds. Yeah, so index funds, if you were to ask Warren Buffett, who is one of the greatest investors of all time, he is one of the richest men in the world. He, um, someone that we both look up to and learn from. He, he has a big company called Berkshire Hathaway, and we learn a lot from him. But him, as well as many other of the top investors, such as Jack Bogle, who's the founder of Vanguard, big name people that you might not recognize and know the names of, but most of them, they say, for the average person, to buy what is known as an index fund. An index fund is basically, um, it's kind of like a mutual fund, but it's not actively managed. It's more of a passive investment. So there's something called the S&P 500, the Standard and Poor 500, which 
consists of the top 500 companies in the United States. Now, you could buy individual stocks and buy Amazon and Apple and Tesla and Facebook and Bank of America and all those different ones, but there's more risk involved in owning individual stocks. And so that's why an index fund, I can instead buy one stock that owns the top 500 companies in the United States, the S&P 500. And by owning that one stock, it it's like owning a piece of all of those companies. I'm more diversified that way, that if one of those companies suffers and drops out and maybe even goes bankrupt, my investment's fine because I still own you know, this whole broad array of industries and many different companies. And so most stock pickers, most mutual fund managers, okay, and a mutual fund is just a manager that is picking and choosing a variety of different stocks and then you're paying a fee, okay, the fee gets deducted that, you're, you know, that costs you money and whatnot for this person to manage it, they found that 96% of stock pickers and mutual fund man managers can't even beat the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. So you're better off just owning an S&P 500 index fund over the long term, over the next 10 years. Most mutual fund managers can't even beat that. And if you want to learn more about that, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins, great, great book. Mm -hmm recommend it and he's he's got one called unshakable as well which is a bit shorter that teaches a lot of the same stuff but index funds are great because you don't just have to own that you, you know if you want to own the S&P 500 you can very low fees involved in that like very hardly anything but I can also own an index fund of any sector so I can own I can own for example an index fund of oil okay all the oil companies are the biggest oil companies I can own an index fund of the top airlines Okay, I can own an index fund of the top real estate investment trusts. Mm -hmm. I can own an index fund of, of uh, a small cap companies, okay, so smaller companies. I can own an index fund of the total stock market or even the global stock market, the whole world, the top companies in the world. I can own an index fund of emerging markets, markets that are up and coming, mm -hmm. or of a specific country like the Toronto Stock Exchange in Canada. So I love index funds because I, I can um, benefit from a variety of different sectors. It's a lot lower risk and than just picking individual stocks. And I think that's a staple that everybody should start with. Mm -hmm. And specifically, because I know you'll probably ask, which ones do we recommend? Well, first, whatever I recommend, I'm just gonna share, I'm, I can't recommend these to you, I'm just gonna share what I own and what I purchase, and then you do your research, and you determine for yourself if you wanna purchase them. But I love Vanguard. Vanguard is one of the biggest, uh, they're also known as ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Mm -hmm. Vanguard has the lowest fees. Um, there's also iShares, there's a variety of companies, and they, they trade on the, the stock exchanges. Uh, but Vanguard is great. They have one. The stock symbol for that is VOO. Okay, VOO, VOO. And they also have another one. I think it's the total stock market, which is VT. Okay, VT or VTI might be the global one. But I, I love Vanguard for that reason. And you can look them up if you'd like and do more research on it. And uh, Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, he passed away. But he's got some good books and resources as well. Yeah, love that. Yeah, and also just a note, you touched on small cap companies, and so there's small cap, yeah. mid cap, large cap companies, and you know, you know the, the term of um, you know high risk, high reward. 
um, it, it applies here. So for example, if you are wanting to take on more risk, you could invest in more of those small cap companies, meaning you, you get more for what you're paying, but you're taking on more risk because they're smaller they're companies, they don't have as much cash flow, yeah, they're not as established, versus if you're investing in a large cap company, for example, uh, Amazon, um, Apple, uh, you know, all these Facebook, these are really large cap companies, they're trillion dollar companies. When you invest in them, you're paying a lot per share, but you're reducing your risk because they're very established. They've usually got good cash flow, cash, really great yeah. management. Um, and so that, if, you, if you're a beginner investor, it makes more sense in my opinion to yeah. be looking at these large cap companies, even though they cost more per share, you're reducing your risk because you're not, you're not pretending. I think a big part of investing is you got to humble yourself and Warren, Warren Buffett talks about this. You got to humble yourself so that you can just determine what you know and what you don't know and only invest in what you know. And for a lot of these small cap companies, they might be tempting. Um, but if you don't understand the industry, you don't get yeah. get it, don't invest in it because there's there's more risk there. If you understand something and you can dive into the books and you can understand the business, you're gonna have more success with that because you can you can understand it. So you can see if there's something going wrong there and you can keep up to date with it. Um, but nonetheless, the large cap companies tend to be just less risky because of their size. Yeah, you know, we, we are very conservative investors because with the money that we make, our number one goal is not to lose it and just to have that money grow and compound over the long term. So we don't really invest in things that are really risky. Mm -hmm. I'd say though there, there is like a small percent where we do invest in more riskier assets, I'd say. Case in point would be like the cannabis sector and industry. Um, we, we, you know, we like the, the cannabis companies. It's a new market that's growing in the US and Canada as well as in Europe. And so there's companies that are not as established there. You know, there's, it's more volatility. I mean, the cannabis up and down, you know, they, they've had some rough times to establish the market because even the government, the laws are being established with that. And so we know the risk involved in that where we're going to, we, you know, we invest a certain amount in some of them, Canopy Growth or Aurora Cannabis and some of these companies that are some of the bigger ones but we understand the risk involved in that. And that's a very, very small percentage of our portfolio. Most of the companies and the businesses that we buy are the biggest ones, the biggest companies in the United States, in Canada, in the world. As you said, you know, we both own Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, and part of which, you alluded to it, is investing what you know. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you guys, um, building your own online business is actually one of the best ways to become an investor, to learn more about investing. People ask, how do I learn about it? We both learn just from running your own businesses because when you run your business, you're gonna know bookkeeping and, and some basic accounting and you're gonna know the industries and whatnot. And because both of us, we have used and worked with Amazon, Shopify, Google, Facebook, these are parts of our businesses. Apple, I mean, if you look around our house, like we use, all of those companies on a daily basis. They're a big part of our lives and our businesses. But because we're in business with them, we understand their businesses pretty well. We understand and see the potential of Amazon and Shopify and Google and you know, we're YouTubers, all of those things. So you know, when, you, when you're an online entrepreneur, like even Zoom, you know, Zoom and Salesforce, many of these companies that we use, Slack, you can buy, there's so many different ones, but that's a great way to learn and just understand that as you're building your business, it will actually help you as an investor. But 
we, we invest in the biggest one, the biggest banks, mm-hmm. all the big ones in the U.S. and Canada. In Canada, Bank of Nova Scotia, Bank of Montreal, TD Bank, Royal Bank, CIBC to Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, JP Morgan Chase, I mean, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, like the biggest, biggest companies we're investing in and we believe in over the long term. And I can, I can list, I, I'm not gonna list my whole portfolio, there's over 100 stocks, but just to give you guys an example of that. By the way, less is sometimes more. Yes, when you yes. spread yourself too thin and you have, you own 100 stocks, well, okay, not you can own 100 stocks, or if you put, you know, maybe owned 50 stocks and invested more into those stocks, for example, more into Amazon or more into mm-hmm. Shopify, you'd probably have a, a larger return rather than kind of, um, you know, investing in some of the smaller companies or just spreading yourself too thin. So I think also considering that, but and, yeah, just to that point, I wouldn't recommend, like I own over a hundred stocks. I wouldn't recommend that. I need to rebalance my portfolio at some point, sell certain ones. I, I plan on doing that. That's something you should do every mm-hmm. year or so, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's not recommended to own that many. I sh- yeah. sh- need to simplify. Yeah. yeah and, um, I just want to kind of share that, you know, at the beginning of this video, I shared with you guys that I've been investing for a couple of years now and I'm not in a place of, in a position where I could be giving you guys advice, but nonetheless does not mean I don't invest. You can invest right where you are right now. You don't need to know everything. Nobody does know everything, but you don't need to uh, learn a ton to invest your first dollar. And so wherever you are right now, I think it it should be a time, you know, it's great that you're considering investing, but the sooner you can get started, the better. I don't know if we're going to touch on compounding and dividends and we will not touch on that today, but the sooner you can invest, the better, and just learning on how to make a more a safer investment, a more secure investment where you're taking on less risk. So again, like if you just invested in an index fund, great. That's a great way to invest your money. Or even if you just invested in one of the big five companies, you know, the five the, of the largest companies in the entire world, I can almost guarantee you, because I can't guarantee you, but I can almost guarantee you that five years from now, your investment is going to grow. And so wherever you're at right now, um, you can you can move forward. But um, so let's actually dive in into uh, how can how can people start investing and what's the next step? Yeah, so you're gonna, if you wanna invest in the stock market, you need a brokerage account. Okay, a brokerage account is like an online bank account. You set it up online and you're gonna transfer money from your bank account, okay? So whatever your bank is, you transfer that to this brokerage account. This brokerage account, you're gonna log into it, you'll see how much cash that you have there. And then through that, you can purchase whatever stocks are available on the stock exchanges. And so you would do a search for the stock symbol or the ticker, okay? The, the, usually it's just a few, um, uh, a few uh, letters, right? So you do a search for that and you can see what it's trading at. And then you could put in what is called a buy order where you can set, you can either buy it based on the market price of it or you can actually set the price of what you're not willing to pay more than this. So, you know, if you wanted to buy Amazon right now, I forget what Amazon's at, $2,500 a share or so right now, so it's a pretty expensive, but you would put in, I'm gonna buy one share of Amazon, let's say you don't wanna pay more than, you know, it's trading, let's say, at 2500 you can say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna pay $2,495. I'm not gonna pay more than that. If someone is selling it though, okay, because to buy shares of a company, someone needs to be selling shares of the company. So 
someone is, you're buying shares from someone else, they're gonna sh sell shares, and if they put it at, at that price, then you're gonna buy those shares at that price. And so, it, it diff, you know, every day the prices go up and down and whatnot, but um, How does you someone just, find a, a brokerage Yeah, account? so a brokerage account is gonna usually be based on where you live, okay? So if you live, like I can share, we're from Canada, that's where we started investing. I, uh, the brokerage account that I used was uh, Scotia iTrade, which is part of Bank of Nova Scotia. Um, another one I use is RBC Direct Investing, which is part of Royal Bank of Canada. So usually the banks, the big banks, you'd wanna go to them and they usually have a brokerage account. If, you, if you're in the United States, there's many different ones from Charles Schwab to Fidelity to Interactive Brokers, many different ones. They all pretty much do the same thing. The only difference is that when you do buy a stock, you're gonna typically pay a commission or a fee. The fee is gonna depend on the brokerage account. I remember in Canada, it was like $5 I'd have to pay um, per, per share. And I've, depending on how many things I was buying or selling in a month, it would go down to a certain price. Uh, some of them you can just pay $1, you know, some of them are cheaper, so some incentivize you there. Some of them are free. Some of them, you, there's no commission, no fee on trading. And Tatiana, can, I can list a few that Tatiana can link to below for you guys if you're in the US or international that I could recommend for you. So there, there's, there's, you know, you can trade on your app on phones, but um, pretty much they're all the same. They just have a different interface. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we use interactive brokers. And to be honest, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them. Like I wouldn't, you know, kind of sign slow. up with them again. Yeah, their, their web interface is so slow and delayed. And we, we use our, our iPhone. I usually use, yeah, we usually use our phones, the app for it. So yeah. I wouldn't really, really recommend that one, to be honest with you. But there's many other great ones, and you could do research for it. And even if you aren't happy with the one you're using, you can transfer all of your positions to, from one to another. Okay, so don't, sometimes people, they just spend too much time researching things. Mm -hmm and don't realize you can change it any time. So they all pretty much serve, serve the same purpose, but it's just finding a brokerage account. They're free to set up. You usually have to go through some paperwork to set it up, but once it is set up, then you just transfer money into it and you can buy and sell through that. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know, a lot of you guys are probably wondering, well, I wanna learn more. How do I learn more about this? And so I'd like you to share that, but before I do, one thing I love about having a brokerage account and and being an investor and trading stocks is that I can do it myself. And I love when I can take responsibility and I can involve myself. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable handing my money to a financial advisor and having them invest it for me. I'd rather empower myself to learn from books, do what I gotta do to educate myself on money and then make my own decisions. And um, and that feels very empowering for me, and that way I have full responsibility uh, over my finances. So how can people learn more uh, about investing and where to get started? Well, you know, that's just a great point, just to touch on that. I think a lot of people, they're intimidated by investing, they just want someone else to do it for them. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. No one's gonna care about your money as much as you do, okay? Yeah, and good. most, and there's gonna be plenty of people that are gonna to try to sell you and convince you why they should manage your money for you, okay? Because they make money from that. So most financial advisors, okay, are usually salespeople. Banks, of course, one of the way they make money is they get you as a customer through their checkings and savings accounts, but really it's to sell you additional services. So the banks, when they have your trust, they want to handle your investing for you and provide a financial advisor and whatnot. 
but for the most part, you gotta understand they're able to provide that for you because they get a commission on the stocks they recommend to you, which might not be the best stocks for you, but are limited out of the pool of products that they have available that they can recommend. And most financial advisors are not successful. And I don't know about you, I personally am not gonna take advice from someone that has less money than me when it comes to investing or someone that's not where I want to be. I think you can go to experts and financial advisors for coaching, but you still gotta make your decisions and understand the decisions that you make and the investments that you make, and that's just the reality of it. And that just goes for your business, for accounting. We don't like accounting. I prefer not to learn anything about it, but I need to understand the decisions and the basics of it in my business. It's the same thing with your money as an investor. So the way to get started learning, a few resources I can share with you guys. Um, I originally started learning from books. The first book that I read was The Wealthy Barber by David Chilton. It really taught, it was more about mutual funds, which I, as I alluded to, I don't really recommend when there's index funds today. But it uh, really taught me about compounding. Mm -hmm. And the earlier that you start, the better. That if you start early, and I started when I was 18, $500 in a Bank of Montreal mutual fund, that if you just buy and you, you add more money to it, okay, where every month there's a principle, you, you pay yourself first. You take 10% of what you make, you put it aside, and you invest it. That if you just continue that when you're young for the next 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, you will become a millionaire. There's great books, The Automatic Millionaire by, um, I forget what his name is, but there's many books that teach compounding and paying yourself first and something called dollar cost averaging where you buy every month sometimes you buy it high sometimes low but it kind of averages itself out over time but there's some basic books like that that can help you so books that i really re would recommend though i'm not sure if i would really recommend to dive into those those are really good beginner ones but i think the best one i've come across is money master the game by tony robbins Unshakable by Tony Robbins. He interviews the top 50 billionaire investors and puts it into a book and helps with the mindset of it and that's the foundation of what we both do with investing. Beyond that, um, you know, if you really want to study stock picking, how to evaluate a business, it'd be studying Warren Buffett. He's got books. Benjamin Graham, who is Warren Buffett's mentor, wrote a book in the 1940s called The Intelligent Investor. Warren Buffett learned almost everything he knows from Benjamin Graham. To many other investors, Sir John Templeton, George Soros, Peter Lynch, there's many other investors, but from their books is where I've learned a lot from. And then a big part of what we both do is every day we're checking the markets. It's part of my morning ritual where here at this time, 8.30 a.m., it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern time when the stock market's open. So I check my app and the website of Yahoo Finance my favorite website, just to read all the latest articles, what's going on in the stock markets and specific companies. There's great articles with great investing advice that uh, can teach you a lot of things there too. And that's mostly been my education mm -hmm. and then just learning as I go, but books and um, reading a lot almost every day has been my ritual. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. And so I would stress to just take this upon yourself. This is a way that you can you know, do that self-education because um, you know, if you decide to pass on your money to someone else and they lose that money, it's not their fault, it's your fault. And so ultimately, like the responsibility is on us. And so uh, I encourage you to, to educate yourself, but also realize, you know, that you can start investing today. It doesn't have to be this big thing. 
Um, I would also add that if you sign up for a brokerage account, most brokerage accounts have um, paper trade or paper yeah, money yeah. where you can basically practice stock trading. So for example, when I first started investing in Canada, I had a Scotia iTrade account and I would practice uh, trading with this fake money and it taught me how to do these trades and it just gives you, it's like a, it's like a game and it helps mm -hmm. you understand before you invest the real money. Um, so I would definitely look into that as well. But uh, we could go on and on about this. This is very exciting. But uh, hopefully this video was helpful for you guys. Thank you, Stefan, for all of the great tips and advice. If you want more, Stefan's got some amazing uh, videos on his YouTube channel, Project Life Mastery. He even opens up and shares his portfolio. He shows um, the stocks that he buys. He's very transparent. <laughs> and uh, so if you guys want to see more of that, you can head over to his channel. I'll link him down below in the description. I'll also link all of the resources, whatever we mentioned in this video, down below. Um, so be sure to check that out. And if you guys have questions, please feel free to comment. We'll do our best to answer them for you today. Other than that, do you have anything to add? No, I just, I agree with what you said. You know, getting started, the earlier that you do, the better. But of course, making sure that financially you're prepared, that you're responsible, that you're not putting your life savings into an investment. Make sure you have common sense and responsible with your investing. I think that's the key thing. And don't look at it as a get rich quick. I no, think people in that yeah. mentality just get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So make sure, you know, you gotta be prepared mentally and financially to start investing. But once you are, it's uh, one of the most important decisions you'll make. Absolutely. Thanks for watching guys. Take care. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon.